0: Death before booze may discuss controversial or sensitive topics and is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to Death Welcome Before back. Booze. I'm Sam.
0: I'm Jen. Hi,
1: Jen. Riggs Hi, is in Sam. the background. He's all ready for this yes, episode. he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready to go.
0: He's like, um, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs>
1: so, we made it to episode 21.
0: 21. 21. Ba-ba-ba. Finally old enough old to enough drink. Old enough to drink. Yep. <laughs> Get it. Old enough
1: to drink. Okay, so. Oh, yeah. What are we talking about today?
0: We are talking about asylums. Because they're and not like, like
1: problematic or anything. They were like no, a really great time in our, in our civilization. The United States. And there's so
0: many. So like we'll probably do more asylums in the future. Oh yeah, we'll have Asylum Antics. These are crazy.
1: Part 2, Part 3, 4.0 with my luck, we'll miss, like, something on one of these that we do, and it'll be like, wait, we have to do Danvers again, so we'll do, like, <laughs> 1.
0: 0.5. 1.5. Like, or we'll just kind of, like, change the wording around and be like, it's Antic Asylums. Asylum antics, antics at the Asylums. Antic so asylum. Asylums. Asylums <laughs> that have antics. <laughs> like, ghosty Asylums. <laughs> with it. Ghost
1: Antics at the asylum." <laughs> It up as we go. Yeah, just, oh wait, we can do that because this is our podcast.
0: Yeah, this is what we do. This is yep. a very... I have a new mic, so I'm hoping that that'll change my sound too. I think it sounds good. And it's pink.
1: It is. Super and it's cute. pink.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. My gosh. So Sam, which asylum are you talking about today?
1: I am going to be covering Danvers State Hospital in Danvers, Massachusetts, and there's Ew. a really scary connection to a story I did uh, at a different time, but we'll get there.
0: Oh. I know.
1: So bougie. So, um, yeah. okay. Danvers State Hospital, also known as State Lunatic Hospital at Danvers.
0: The what Dan- is with lunatic? I don't <laughs> They know. love that. Mine I, was also called a lunatic asylum.
1: Yeah, the Danvers Lunatic <laughs> Asylum and the Danvers State Insane Asylum. Um, Okay. I'm gonna go with I like, guess Lunatic has to have something to do with the moon, right? Luna?
0: But like I would assume so.
1: Like moon is I don't I don't I don't know. There are smarter people out there who can tell us. I'm not that person.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's in Danvers, Massachusetts. It's about twenty one miles from Boston. Um it's it was built in eighteen seventy four. And its doors opened May 1st of 1878, and the first patient was admitted May 13th, 1878. So, people are there now. It cost $1.5 million to build at the time. So, in today's money, it would be $46 Uh, million.
0: Wow. Chump change.
1: Wow. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Um, When the hospital first opened, there were two buildings. There's, like, the main building that was, like, the middle, and then the wings are kind of somehow attached, but not. It's, like, weird. There's a picture on the blog, though. Go look on the blog. So the offices are, like, that op- that building, and then there are two wings that look like bat wings that come out, and those are attached. So that's, like, All the right. second building. It had an ornate but sinister Victorian facade, long wings, like I just said, and in the center of the building of, like, that first building is a clock tower.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Hmm. On each side of the main building were the wings for male and female patients, respectively. So like the left side was the men, the right side was the women. The outermost wards were reserved for the most hostile patients. So the further out to the point of the wing you got, the worse the people got inside. More buildings were added around the main buildings as time went on. And all of these buildings were connected by a labyrinth of underground tunnels. And I know a lot of asylums do that. So that way the nurses can get to and from without having to deal with all the patients. What if some sort of outbreak happens, the medical staff can still get around, body shoots, they would move the dead bodies so the patients upstairs yeah. wouldn't get upset, things like that. The thought of this hospital when they were first building it and creating the idea was that it would be self-sustaining. So there were also gardens and farms on the grounds. So depending on how high functioning or low functioning the people being treated there were, they could also be taught skills. So they would actually be helping the hospital as they were there. Like when this asylum itself was first created, it wasn't like what you're picturing an asylum to be. Where like... People are milling around. They just take the government money and run with it. Like, it was not like that from the very beginning. From the very beginning, it was self-sustaining. They were treating people. It actually functioned very well when it first opened. This wasn't one of those. It just went to hell in a handbasket right away. Um, The hospital was open to treat the mentally ill, and its functions expanded to training programs for nurses in 1889 pathological research laboratories in 1895 like i said they kept building on buildings, so now they were adding laboratories and all that and then by the 20s the hospital was operating school clinics to help determine mental deficiencies in children so they were actually having i mean 20s versions of studies on children which i can only imagine how terrible they were but they were really trying to figure out mental illness on all levels so this was basically a teaching hospital in a sense when the hospital opened it was an absolute success by 1900 there were 125 employees and over 9,500 people have been treated and this is like a good thing and a bad thing for the hospital so it's really good because they're a success you know the success rate was fantastic they were really treating people some people were able to go back into society and function some people they were just Nah. At that time, if you did have a mental handicap, it wasn't like today where we are trying to build this world of love and compassion. Sometimes if you were, if you had autism, Down syndrome, things like that, it, like your family, the priests, the local grocer, they all expected you to just commit the person and walk away. Like that was more of the mindset you keep, you know, it's not the best mindset. It's not a mindset I agree with, but that was how they thought back then. Um, So just to touch base on why it wasn't great for the hospital, why this was actually bad that they had so many positive outlooks come out of this is that everybody wanted to go there. And that's when the system started to become abused. So if you had a child, let's say on the spectrum that you couldn't handle for whatever reason, and you knew you were going to commit them, you'd want to commit them to Danvers because of how fantastic it was. You know, it was a good setup. Right, yeah, yeah. They had good doctors. They were studying things. They were making leaps and bounds for the medical mental com- the mental medical community at that time. So you'd want to send all your people there. Unfortunately, you know, everybody then wanted to send their people there, and it began to become overrun. So right, because, the- yeah. I mean,
0: it's a good thing that it's that it's great because there's a lot of asylums that did not have a good. A good track record. <laughs>
1: Unfortunately. So the building was designed to house 450 patients with the potential to grow. So they did, They when they first opened the wards, it could hold 450 people with the potential to move up into the attics. They were going to keep okay. building out the attics hmm. and move it so they could be a thousand people who could be held here. That renovation never actually happened. But guess how many people were enrolled and kept there? By 1920.
0: I'm going to go with a lot more than 400. 2,000. 2,000 people. I wasn't going to go that high, but okay. (laughs) Built
1: for 450. Now there are 2,000 in 1920. So the overcrowding is real. Even in the basement, like how you would enter the tunnels. So the basement is not the tunnels, but it is how you get to the tunnels, obviously. They had people down there.
0: Like oh, that's living great. Living
1: in the basement with no lights, no, well, not no lights, no windows, no No sunlight. Air. Exactly, uh. no sunlight. So from 1920 on is when, like, the real nasty stuff starts to happen. There's lack of funding. Their budget's getting cut by the government. They can't hire anybody, but they keep bringing in patients. So... <laughs> Yeah, this is not going well. This
0: kind of sounds like in high school when you had to get a parking pass for the parking lot, and then they just keep giving out. Yeah,
1: everybody can have a park. It's like raffle tickets. And you're like, where am I supposed to? Where am I parking?
0: Pretty much what this sounds like.
1: Yes. So. They had horrible living conditions, they didn't have enough faculty, they didn't have enough staff, they didn't have enough nurses, doctors, nothing. So nobody's cleaning, nobody's really taking care of the patients, nobody's cooking for the patients, nobody's, like, this is bad. People were living in their own waste, some had no clothing, there was no hygiene, like brushing teeth, taking baths, brushing of your hair, none of that. Shock therapy was introduced and used as a scare tactic more than an actual treatment. Mm -hmm. Unruly patients were put in straitjackets, and then they would be put in the corner and left there for days. Like, the nurses would kind of (laughs) forget. Somebody would get nutty, they'd put them in a straitjacket, put them to the side, and then they would get distracted by the other 1,999 people milling around or going nutty, and they would just get stuck in the straitjacket for days. When the shock therapy didn't work, lobotomies were introduced. And Danvers was later named the birthplace of the prefrontal lobotomy. Fuck that. Yeah. Patient's conditions were officially getting worse and some at violent levels. So (sighs) staff were basically beating people into submission. Not to mention like what the not to mention what the patients were doing, then the staff, they can't control it, so they're just resorting to whatever they had to. Yes. So the mental crisis was reaching a boiling point. Danvers, like most asylums at the time, was floundering. Like, they cannot get their shit together. They cannot get control of the population they have. They had over 2,300 patients in 1939 in the building. Two hundred and seventy-eight deaths were reported that year.
0: Where do you put all of them? Like, are they just bunk bed in it, or like, what are we doing here? Like,
1: find a spot on the floor, figure it out. Share Jesus bed. Christ! Yep. Visitors <sighs> oh. in the nineteen forties report lobotomy patients wandering aimlessly through the halls or milling about in rooms. Drugged patients who stared at walls or off into the distance for hours at a time. And everyone there was absolutely held against their will. So there were people there yeah. for like, not horrible things, you know, inpatient, like, you know, they're better, but because there's no staff or faculty or nurses to discharge them, they're now right. stuck there. They cannot get stuck out there. Exactly. In the 1960s, there was a movement to try alternative methods of treatment, get rid of institutions like this one, work for community-based mental health care, and with all of this inpatient population starting to decrease, they started the inevitable closing of this hospital. So because everybody's pushing for these different movements, families are taking their people out of here and moving them either to different hospitals, different programs, things like that. Now we're 20 years later into the 80s. They were they were really pulling people out of the hospital now on a day-to-day basis. People are getting moved to different hospitals. I'll talk about that in a hot second. But there are three teenage patients who were missing, gone, disappeared, never found them, never found bodies, never found them, don't know where they are. Upwards of 115 disappearances happened in just three months as they were closing this hospital. No idea where they are. When the staff was questioned about these specific three missing teenagers, all they said was they were assigned to a different doctor and didn't know who, where, why, or how. No one could tell what doctor it was, what hospital they were, like, applied to, or where this doctor may have practiced out of. Um, could and it like be? like I said, never found. Yeah.
0: Could it be? Oh, could it be, okay. That they, they possibly, I don't know, Died and then they just put them down one of the chutes Is that like a thing or oh, like absolutely. are we just
1: absolutely that? And happened. they just
0: and they just didn't. didn't they could have gotten unruly,
1: find... and you know, a staff person did something to them and hid the bodies. They could have been left, unfortunately, to pass away in a corner because they weren't being taken care of, and then they got rid of the bodies.
0: Yeah, it's they ne- they never found these people. Never, they found never
1: them. found them. Nope. Never found the three teenagers. Never found the 115 people who disappeared. None of that.
0: No how clerk. do you lose 115 no people?
1: How, yeah, how do you lose their records? Oh, there's I no record. Lose. They went to a different... Yeah, they went to a different doctor. So wait, you don't have a record, but you know they went to a different doctor? Like, And they just kept playing the circle. Yeah. Nobody knows anything. But obviously they must have gone to somewhere else. But where's the paperwork? These were humans who lived here. They were in That's your just,
0: care. Like, I understand... Losing one person and being like, "Whoops!" They kind of wandered out on the grounds one day.
1: I think you'd find a body. I think somebody would find them. Fuck. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you're right. At least someone would have found them. Something would have happened. They would have been wandering yeah. somewhere. That someone would have said something. You're dead. They fucking killed them. Yes, they fucking killed them. They're gone. That's what I'm gonna say. Yep. I don't like it. I, hate I don't. It. I'm gonna say I don't like it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> Just <'cause> I... gonna. <laughs>
1: Okay, so by 85, the majority of the original hospital was closed or abandoned. The administration block in the original building closed in 1989 proper. Most patients were moved to the Bonner Medical Building across the campus. The entire campus was officially closed on June twenty fourth, 1992, and all patients were either transferred to the community or to other facilities. So either they were released to their families or... They went somewhere else. Um, in the late 1900s, early 2000s, the movie Session 9 was filmed on the grounds. After filming wrapped, the property was left abandoned and a majority of the buildings were demolished in 2005 because Avalon apartment complexes were coming in and they were going to build apartments there. Oh. Super cool, right? Oh. No. So while they were building the Avalon apartments, a mysterious fire broke out on april 7th of 2007 at 203 a webcam used for (laughs) security just cut out and they were like what the fuck so they go to check it out and everything's on fire the fire burnt down a majority of whatever new construction they had as well as the company like avalon company's trailers or their construction people's trailers gone it was so large like this fire was so large you could see it from boston And again, just to remind you, Boston was 20 plus miles away. That's how big this fire was. So the only thing that remains now of Danvers Hospital is the face of the intake building. So like where the clock tower is, like they took everything else down but that part they held it up on stilts and then built back around it so you can still see the brick faces of that first building. And okay. then two cemeteries with 770 bodies combined and some headstones. Not all the headstones because you know some of them are from like the 1800s. Um but a lot of the headstones only have patient numbers. They don't have names on them.
0: I <laughs> I've heard of that being a thing. Um, a lot of asylums did stuff like that. But I just I, put their number.
1: I can see it. I don't love it for prisons.
0: Oh, no. Like that. Right. I, right,
1: right, right. I can understand the mindset of why. Okay. Like, especially back in the day. Well, this guy killed 20 people. We don't fucking like him. He doesn't deserve to have his name. Right, 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 I don't agree with that. But I can see the logic behind it, if that makes sense. Right. But these poor people were, were sick. They had an illness, a disability. Like, you need to honor them. That's Maybe they're the people who, but it got, kinda, who disappeared, quote unquote. You know what
0: I'm saying? But it kind of seems like it, the, the way that it was run, though, it kind of seems like they didn't really treat them as people anyway. So I guess maybe that's how they were known anyway. Maybe. Um, but that still sucks. Like, you're right. That's fucking, I don't, I like, don't it. like it. It's, I don't like it.
1: Okay, so this is where I'm going to give you your fun fact of the day. Judge John Hathorne, yes, the one from the Salem witch trials, lived on this land. This was his land during the witch trials.
0: There it is.
1: Uh, Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah, (laughs) fuck that guy. So, um, (laughs) some people are like, the building's been cursed since the witch trials, because this was Hathorne's, you know, domain in a sense. Um. Like I was saying before, you could still see the original face of the Kirk Bride building that was kept. It's listed on the National Register of Historic Places. So it really wasn't supposed to be torn down. Like they were supposed to keep more of the building because it's a historical place. But they ended up only keeping the face of the building. And I mean I guess it all kind of worked out because most of it burnt down anyway while they were trying to build. Horror novelist HP Lovecraft used Danvers as inspiration for his Arkham Sanitarium. And Arkham Asylum was the backdrop in which DC Comics, Batman, ultra psychotic villains come from. Yep. So once the hospital was abandoned, movie fans, urban explorers, comic book people, like everybody started trying to break in and trespass on the property. So there were over 125 arrests that happened because of people trying to break in. Yeah. So let's get to the fun part, the hauntings. This is the good stuff.
0: The ghosties.
1: Ghosties, yeah. I like here's the Here's my boo part. Okay. So patients started talking about ghosts in the hospital as early as 1890. Patients would say they heard footsteps overhead in the attics that were not being used yet. Which were not built. Nobody was up there. Like, the only people who could yeah. go up there was yeah. maintenance, and they were never up there at night when they heard the footsteps. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm
1: okay yeah. so there's a specific scary spaghetti no what are they called scary spaghettis no creepy pasta creepy pasta <laughs> so this could be either a real story or a creepy pasta what is, I, I,
0: Spaghetti. I'm so close. It. I'm so close. I love it though. It's funny.
1: <laughs> I actually wrote this could be a scary spaghetti, and as I'm saying it, looking at you, going, I know that's not right. But okay
0: No, it's a creepy pasta, it's yeah. A creepy but that's pasta. What a, scary spaghetti. I love how you call it scary spaghetti. Scary I like macaronis. that bit
1: I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so the most famous story concerns Sarah Eustace, a patient who escaped her ward in nineteen fifty five and snuck into the tunnel system. Despite multiple searches and a week-long lockdown of the asylum, Sarah was never seen again. It was assumed she died down in the tunnels, lost, thirsty, and alone. A nurse at Danvers named Gail Malloy became obsessed with Sarah's story and spent many of her off hours searching the tunnels for her remains, though she never found a body. She did snap a photo in late 1966, which suggests Sarah Eustace walks the Danvers tunnels to this day. And that picture is on our website, and it's really creepy.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, it's creepy as fuck. So people who visit the property report disembodied screams, banging, crying, and wailing, seeing shadow figures, gray mist that float, and can even follow you around as you're viewing the property. The cemeteries are serious hotbeds for paranormal activity and people report apparitions and disembodied voices. So Geraldine Leviser grew up on the grounds of Denver State Hospital in a house lent to her father by the hospital administrator. Um, the family would hear footsteps in the second story hallways of their home when nobody was upstairs. Doors would open and close. Lights would flicker on and off. Um, now 52 at the time this interview was done, Levisher clearly remembers one day in her youth where her sister and brother were playing upstairs in the attic and saw an apparition of an older woman angrily scowling at them. They were too scared to move until their mother ordered them to come down. When Levisher was in high school, her bed covers were pulled completely off her bed Nobody was in her room. She was absolutely petrified. And she said she always had the feeling that there was no real harm that would come to her, but someone was definitely watching at all times. I hate that. I don't
0: like it. Oh, I don't like it at all. I don't nope. like it.
1: Bob Merch, who is a Salem resident and talking board manufacturer, like Ouija boards, made dozens of requests to hold a seance at the old Danvers hospital. He said, it's spooky as hell. The whole thing is creepy, really. Just the thought of an insane asylum. Merch is of the opinion that the hospital is haunted, if not in the traditional sense, then by the negative energies given off by thousands of mentally ill who suffered there. I get that. So I believe whether... I would say. Yeah, right? I would believe whether enough good things or bad things happened in a place. I don't know whether the feelings get trapped in the walls of the building. But they just stick there. It's kind of like the stone tape theory we've spoken about, like where the energy gets stuck in the wood, the rocks, the everything that makes up a building can hold energy because they're like porous. They can like hold energy just like they can hold water, just like they can hold mold, just like it's all that type of thing. Right. The emotional energy is felt by visitors, merch said, and the effects are magnified by the site's imposing architecture it's a very dark place. You feel it, Merch said, with the huge, tall buildings and everything being oversized. You feel very insignificant there. Merch's understanding of the haunting at Denver State is shared to a degree by practicing Salem witches Sean Poyer and Christian Day, co-hosts of the Festival of the Dead. And Christian Day is a warlock out of Salem, and he's like very infamous, very mm-hmm. famous. He's one of the top witches, Wiccan practitioners out of Salem. Denver State is definitely an epicenter of haunting energy, largely due to the confusion of the people who were there when they died, which is why there is such a draw. Day claims his talents lay in the innate natural ability to sense and control spirits. To him and to Poyer, witchcraft is not a religion, but more of a honed in talent. He goes on to say, I just felt a very intense foreboding. You could feel it. There was a lot of pain there. You really just feel the pain and confusion of those who had been kept and died there. Poyer said that he'd visited friends at the asylum before its closure. During his visits, he felt the energy of the place, though whether it was haunted by actual spirits or just an emotional charge of energy, he couldn't distinguish. So now that one building that still has the face of the Kirk bride building is still there. But other than that, Mm -hmm. it's just... I want to say empty land and probably buildings that were kind of built to be apartments. So when you visit, you can visit the cemeteries that are still there. Um, People aren't exactly sure how big the cemeteries are. So other things could have been built on parts of what was a cemetery, but that is Danvers state hospital.
0: Huh? When you said Danvers, I thought immediately of Salem because a lot of the people who were on trial they have memorials in Danvers.
1: Danvers used to be Salem proper. So like even Salem yes. village and Salem proper were two different things. Yes. So yeah, like that whole area is Danvers, Salem Peabody. That's all part of, I said it right, Tracy. Those are all part of like the original <laughs> Salem colony or Salem.
0: Yeah. Village. So of course it's always going to be a little nutty there.
1: Yeah, that whole, the land itself is just charged. Um, and that's not counting, like, the yeah. Native Americans who were there before them and the fighting that happened before of all course. that. So I I would definitely expect there to be lots of issues just from the land itself. Yeah. I'm super excited so, to hear about your scary asylum yeah, because I'm the, sure it's great.
0: It was called the New Jersey Lunatic Asylum. Again, Ooh-hoo! the lunatic... It was founded May fifteenth, eighteen forty-eight, mm-hmm. by Dorothy Lynn Dix.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I've heard of her.
0: I've heard of her too, and I was like, "Why do I know that name?" But yeah, I think of the. Murder, it was the first I don't public. Think that's who it is. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. No,
1: this is like some medical uh-huh. human who did good things. I hope.
0: Yeah. Okay. I th- I think that's I think where I've heard the name before, but it sounds good. It was the first public institution to employ the Kirksbred plan, which it promoted patient privacy and a welcoming, naturally lit environment.
1: That looks so like Batwings not... and is very Victorian <laughs> creepy. Is there, he like, that's um, the guy who built is the architect, right? Because he did like a whole bunch. There's one in Ohio I read. There was the one in I, Jersey, this one. Yeah, was it's that probably
0: too. the same person. Yeah, it's probably the same person. That's funny. It was the first mental health hospital in New Jersey State. They actually hired Dr. Henry Cotton to be their medical director cool. in 1907.
1: Ooh, I don't know who that
0: is, but okay. Well, there were some good things about Henry Cotton. One is that he, institu- he instituted... Occupational therapy programs, which had never been done.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: He also created daily meetings for doctors so that they would all coordinate, hey, about patients and all that. Okay. And he eliminated the medical constraints. So those whole chain (gasps) things and great. Good job. We think we're going in the right direction. Oh. We think.
1: Oh. Oh.
0: Okay. He believed that persistent mental health illness issues stemmed from infections within the body that needed to be taken out. So this guy said, well, how do you get rid of it? Well, you gotta do surgeries. What? Yeah. His first step, whenever a patient came in, um, he thought, well, it has to be a problem with the teeth. This is where the infection is located. So we got to pull some teeth.
1: Can it be in like my fat ass and you liposuction me? I feel that would make (laughs) a lot of my infections go away. Why my teeth? (laughs) Why my teeth? Why my
0: teeth? He thought that it was, the mouth was the big place that he thought harbored a lot of the infection. So the teeth came first. Now, if you continue to have, if you continue to have these constant, you know, reoccurring mental issues, he would go to different places. So he did the tonsils and then he also did the sinuses, which I didn't think you could take out sinuses. I thought, I feel like know, they're
1: attached uh, like nerves. I'm like, literally for people not watching, I have yeah, my face, like my yeah. mouth and my nose are covered now. Cause I'm scared.
0: It's, i didn't think that you could do and even like the, the video that i got that information from he even said i didn't realize that you could just operate and take out sciences like i thought How that's something that you needed
1: work like are they really i thought they were just kind of like tunnels that are like in your bones
0: i Honestly, I don't know a lot about medical stuff, so oh I think it was Kelsey who told us about the medical stuff last time. Yes, all so maybe nurse she could help friends, us out. With it.
1: All of our nurse friends are literally <laughs> banging their head against the wall, going, "Have you learned nothing?" They're like, "What are they? Like, what are you? You ta- How do you not know this?" You guys I'm are sorry. Stupid. I went to Listen, public I... educational institutions that didn't teach me these things. Okay, fuck.
0: I I work with with children all day who think that Africa is a country and not a continent. So I, <laughs> they were having this debate the other day and I was like, I can't. Oh my god.
1: I fear for our future.
0: I, oh, absolutely. Oh I've god. been there. I, so I don't know any medical stuff. <laughs> Dr Cotton after he decided took out the teeth took out the tonsils took out the sinuses if it still persisted and they still had some mental conditions more organs would be operated on such as but not limited to appendix the colon what i need the that cervix the ovaries the gallbladder, the stomach, which I didn't think you could just take out a stomach, the spleen, and the testicles.
1: Yo, bitch. Yeah, I'm so glad you said testicles because I swear to God, if they were taking out all my lady parts and the guys got to keep their balls, oh, I would that. have been right. Be like, the fuck, bitches. Right. I mean, ow. Right. Ow. Ow. Why? <sighs>
0: It, Don't you need it also a was said that I feel he feel tended like you to need that i thought that again a stomach i thought that you <laughs> need
1: to... oh, i feel like... like we need some of these things like to not die
0: he tended to focus on the right side because that was the side of impulse control so one of my favorite quotations from one of the youtube channels that i watch this channel is just like a comedy type of channel but he did an entire 30-minute segment on asylums and how fucked up some of them are and this was one of them that made the list and he said if i basically these patients say if i don't pretend to act how this guy wants me to act this motherfucker is going to start playing operation on me all day so basically kind of seemed that way where a lot of patients maybe would be like okay cool cool because they would get dragged to this but they knew what was up the they didn't do lobotomies they didn't But the nurses would be like, okay, so now it's time for your treatment. And they're like, fuck that. Like, no, No. thank you. So they would have to be dragged here. Now, he doesn't have the restraints, you know, the terrible restraints that other asylums have. But like this fucking guy, here's the best part. He wasn't trained to do surgeries. What?
1: Sorry, that was really loud. What? What?
0: What? So
1: he's not a surgeon, but he's surgerying? He's doing surgeries. He's Yeah. He's doing the act yeah. of cutting people. Yep. That's worse than Dr. Death. Uh-huh. That's yeah. worse than Dr. Death. Yeah.
0: He probably had well, cuz this guy knows he's in the end. but fuck. Hate it.
1: It's
0: it's one of those things where like it seemed similar to a Dr. Death where he felt he was so confident. Like even he said, based on his research, he had a really high rate of success but everyone else is like
1: time out I sing in my car does that mean I can tell people I've been on American Idol like I won no
0: yeah that's
1: I sing a song in the shower today I'm obviously the next Broadway superstar no that's not how this works fuck that no I don't like it
0: like Now, based it. on the research Cotton publicly reported he had a wonderful success rate And at the time, because the study of infections was new, he was praised for his discoveries because he said it worked. So everyone was like, wow, that's great because this hasn't done anything before. So he was like, they're like, good job. Wait, clap for you. I don't like him. But... The surgeries were done without antibiotics because there were no antibiotics at the time. And there were no antibiotics at the whether... time. That's what
1: they were called before
0: they were
1: antibiotics.
0: Um, yeah, abidabides.
1: Do-
0: wit- the abidabides. <laughs> the abidabides.
1: Do- üz- the ab- koy- d- <laughs> the ab- do- swear- we, we need the dab- abidabides. Do- <laughs> quick nurse, the abidabides. Ste- Tre- <laughs> 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 Two of them. <laughs> then a coke.
0: Oh my god. Don't
1: forget the cocaine. And then-
0: there was a really high mortality rate because no shit. people would die post-operative from ah. infections. So he claims he had a 90% success rate. He, the procedures actually killed 45% of his patients.
1: But they didn't have that infection that caused their mental illness anymore. They told him on their deathbed no, that did. this happened. So you know what? He's bad. Yep. He's doing pretty good in that Yankee lineup over there. I.
0: <laughs> huh. Oh. No, so... it's okay.
1: On their deathbed, their dying words were, yes, doctor, you cured me. And then they fell asleep. Yeah. It was the end.
0: Perfect. And then they died. Yeah. And that was it. His methods eventually caught the attention of other medical fields who felt the surgeries really don't help with mental illness because there's no correlation.
1: Huh, how about so that?
0: So Dr. Meyer, who was the head of psychiatric clinic and training institution at Johns Hopkins University at the time,
1: Ever he heard visited
0: of it? Cotton's Hospital and left with a lot of concerns. Hmm. Hmm. So another doctor came in to do a little once around so dr greenacre is i liked i liked her name
1: i'm so sorry the the similarities between this and dr death are jarring right now
0: right right and
1: i'm, I'm right i think it's really cool that you're doing this and that you know like i'm sitting here listening and i'm like that happened that happened
0: that happened yeah, yeah. honestly when i was when i was writing this stuff down i was like how about that? Is this, is this him reincarnated? Like, did he reincarnate? <laughs>
1: Joshua Jackson. I found your next role, guy. Here we go. You're going to play Like, Cotton, there it dude. is. Dr. Cod.
0: <laughs> so, Dr. Greenacre, she was a commissioned member of the staff of Dr. Myers. So, she went to visit the doctor. She took notes. She recalled seeing a lot of the patients that had no teeth. So, as a result, speech and eating was difficult for them because, I mean, you got no teeth. You think? Okay. Got no data. She also looked up some of his official records. And they didn't draw any results. So he, his data was very poorly done. He didn't really document stuff. And it was contradicted. So, like, he would say something worked, but it didn't correlate to something else. So she's like, okay, this is bullshit because he's not...
1: <laughs> done.
0: She's not... He's not putting anything together and all of the data doesn't, whatever. So 1925, New Jersey State Senate was like, we need to investigate this place.
1: Oh God, this is going to end
0: great. During that time, Cotton became ill. Oh no. So some say it was because of a mental breakdown, which I mean, that makes sense. Pull out his teeth, that'll help him. Wait, he diagnosed himself and he had someone pull out his teeth. No (laughs) shit. No shit. Okay. And then once he did that, he went, I'm fucking cured because the infection is gone. So he diagnosed himself.
1: Cheers. No (laughs) notes. You're doing great. Great things. I told you that's how he got the 90% success rate anyway. Yeah.
0: So he actually opened up his own private practice in Trenton. As a result, all of the concerns that Dr. Greenacre had were halted because they were like, well, now he went on to somewhere else. So her reports went unfinished, which meant he was still able to practice. So he did, and nobody ever went um, because he moved to a different. It's again similar, very similar to Dr. Jeff in the sense where <laughs> it's
1: not like he went all right. so far at least. Dr. Death went, what, Colorado to Texas, wasn't
0: it? Yeah.
1: Like, or Texas to But college. he also...
0: <gasps> I hate it. But he also opened a private practice, so that kind of took away from... It, it's not public, I guess, so at the, so that's kind of where they were like, well, I guess, uh, hands off, like, I don't... Uh, no. No, oh, it's cool. a medical thing. Cool, but... cool,
1: cool. You, I mean, it's private, so you can't get to as many people, so, Okay. Hopefully, you just get the bad ones.
0: So he continued his work. He actually even operated on his wife and his two sons. I'm sorry.
1: Should we swallow your water first? First warning would have been good. Secondly, isn't there something in the hypothetical oath that you take? I'm a hypocritical, hypocritical, Hippocratic, oath. That that thing, you, you put your hand on the Bible and you're like, I won't kill people on purpose. I'm not going to operate on my family. Like, I feel like that's part of the rules. Like, somewhere in there, you get told, yeah, don't. Cut I, I your would family think members.
0: so. I would think so. But he didn't cut them open. He just took their teeth.
1: But he's not a dentist. He's not
0: a dentist. No, he's not. He's not. Did he keep the teeth? Wait,
1: what did he do with the teeth when he was done with them? Did he keep them? Did he give them back? Did he make like jewelry?
0: See, that also was a a thing in the the video that I watched because it's like, wouldn't it be funny if like he kept them because he was like he believed in the tooth fairy and like he was like I'm gonna make so much fucking money. Oh
1: my god! (laughs) Yes, yes, yeah. A jar full of teeth now is at least thirty dollars. I would pay thirty dollars for a jar full of
0: teeth. Oh my god! So. But the really sad part about that is that his two sons, because he felt to avoid them getting mentally ill, he'd take the teeth. That's So he did it before. Now, his two sons ended up unaliving themselves. Because
1: they didn't have teeth. They couldn't eat anything good. There goes yeah. all your steak. You can't eat steak. You can't eat chicken. What am I going to do, gum the KFC off the bone? No, thank you. Yeah. Like what the fuck?
0: Yeah. Oh, I hate it. So it's pretty. It was pretty sad. Cotton died of a sudden heart attack in 1933. Hold on,
1: we but
0: despite here. His, but despite his methods of mutilation, after his death, he still was praised for some of his discoveries because they didn't do stuff with infections back then, and he did get rid of the restraints. And occupational therapy—that's good.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I'm- I don't like it. Those are good things. No, No, it's terrible. It's occupational therapy. Yes. I don't, I don't, I'm like conflicted. They don't outweigh those, those things are good. They don't outweigh the harm and the pain. Like, I don't like it.
0: Playing operation with your patients doesn't seem like a good, I mean, I, I don't know. He just, we'll start with the teeth. And then we'll start, then we'll go here. And if that doesn't work, we're going to go through the organs. Like, no, you can't just, like, yes. Like, this isn't, no, you're not a doc. You're you're a, a psychiatrist, and fun. you are a mental health doctor. That doesn't no. give you the right to operate a no. people. So he just went fucking wild. Yeah, let me go He's wild like, wild. I got everything. So, so today, the hospital is called trenton psychiatric hospital because it's still open yes
1: i have heard of that place i think i've had friends who have had they, to go there for a little while
0: there are some areas and some pieces of the the campus that are closed so that have been abandoned okay however i read up on a couple of stories that seem like this might not be a great place to go so i'm sorry Trenton psychiatric hospital they're never going to sponsor us i apologize <laughs> damn i know i reached but, out
1: to them last week too fuck all right but, write that one off
0: so in september 2022 yasmin farak who was 28 or is 28 was involuntarily admitted to the hospital because of erotic behavior dramatic mood swings and delusions she had been diagnosed with bipolar and schizoaffective disorder, which is just basically schizophrenia and a mood disorder. Okay. So. Cool. Her mother said it wasn't until Thanksgiving that she was able to have a Zoom call with her. So normally they give you like a two-week thing. I, I feel like with patients, yeah. they're like, hey, you can't have contact for two weeks. It wasn't until Thanksgiving. And then after that, mom for six months, mom continued to call. She left messages. She sent emails. She demanded a meeting. Like, I want a face-to-face meeting with my daughter because yeah. I want to know what's going on.
1: I want to talk to the doctor. The, everything.
0: I want to know what's going on. I want to be able to get there. I want I want to see her. Yeah. They ignored her calls and her emails. They refused to schedule anything. So Diane ended up hiring a patient advocate to kind of push in still seems to be an ongoing thing though but it seems like a pattern like this happens a lot even the the chief executive officer of the mental health association of essex was like this seems to be a pattern a lot of patients families have problems with it they say there's lack of communication inability to visit recent years patient attacks increased so they attacked Doctors and vice versa, so there's like a a, a up in violence. Um, In November 2022, so that same time, one of the psychiatrists filed a lawsuit because he was suspended after speaking of the poor conditions that he claimed led to the death of two patients and the injuries of a couple others. I don't like it. I also looked up on this particular article because at the bottom, people commented about their experiences so this one in particular by kelly she said i was there when i was 17 so 1985 to 1986 it was being investigated for the death of a boy who was known to have seizures and he died in the bathtub of drowning and abuse from a staff member holy shit so her so her first day in the cottage unit a Down syndrome girl was thrown into the room across the floor from outside and said that she tried to run away again. So that's why they threw her so violently.
1: <gasps> no, 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 no. Don't like
0: it. The adolescent unit was then closed later that year and most kids were moved to Arthur uh, Brisbane Children Treatment and Center and most staff members too. The state didn't fix the problem. It, they moved it somewhere else just to make it look good on paper. Absolutely. So it, it doesn't seem like it's a great um, facility. It seems like there's been some issues w- with that. Um, so it's not great. But I did find a couple of paranormal things. So I'm going to get into the ghosties. Yeah, so it's hard to conduct... <laughs> ghost interviews or ghost hunts, I should say, because it's still open. There are certain places that are abandoned that you can that paranormal investigators have gone in, but the places that are open, you can't really sit down and do an EVP with people all around. Yeah. They did say that some people captured Dr. Cotton's apparition. Ooh. So like, you know, flying around. You. Ghosts of patients that are missing limbs.
1: You know, the infection
0: disembodied terrible. voices Don't like that. disembodied voices but not clear on the evp as to what they're saying mm-hmm. orbs cold spots uneasy feeling phantom touches but some people say because in the abandoned building it's decaying because of the body or the, the building parts so the orbs could be just dust yep. it's not a hundred percent um EVP evidence was classified as a B or a C, not an A. So I'm assuming I wasn't so sure what that was.
1: A, an EVP, like a class A EVP is you can hear the voice. You can understand what it's saying. You can understand tone, tonality, all that. You can sometimes even hear like the breath, like as though like a lot of times in okay. from what I've seen, a class A EVP is more of like an apparition in the sense of it's just on a loop, like it's just you know somebody saying, "Please okay. help me, please help me," or you know, and you would hear like the tragicness in the voice, or like a scream, like you hear right. the ah, like that, like those are class A. EVPs. Okay. Class B's are usually muffled. Class C is usually like it sounds like a whisper that you don't understand. Like you could, a class A, you can usually tell if it's a male or a female voice. Class B, you might be able to understand what it's saying, but you might not be able to understand the context if it's a man or a woman saying it, things like that. And then class C is you hear something talking and you can't figure any of it out. It just sounds like whispers from like another room.
0: Okay, that's kind of, I kind of figured it wasn't like sufficient amount because even they said like, They got evidence, but it's not, like, sufficient amount to be, like, oh, absolutely, this, like, your place is, like, definitely, like, there's something. Here is kind of, like, a, we found stuff, we can classify it as this, but we're not really sure.
1: Yeah, it could be something Um, else, like, the dust instead of it being an orb. It could be the flash coming off of the dust. It could be, honestly, a lot of times, um, EVPs are mistaken for, like, outside noises, the wind blowing into a window a certain way a lot of times if there are wooden floors and you step on a board and it creaks it can sound like a giggle yeah. or a laugh um things like that <laughs> you you need to be cognizant of when you're doing evps
0: yeah so the places that they said would probably be the most haunted areas would be the special care center which is like for the criminally and violently insane because um, this was this had the most patient to patient violence out of the five new jersey hospitals of the time and the forest building which is the lab building and the women's ward because this is where cotton did a lot of his malpractice so they said if any place would be would have again quote would imprint it would be this place unfortunately researchers said that they do see there's something active but it's not quite enough to claim it as a huge you know a huge um being that they're of the scientific
1: mindset and it's a lab setting now i can definitely see them being like they're it's all circumstantial like, I can yeah. write that off. There are other humans in the building. Maybe somebody touched the door. Maybe exactly. the wind blew. Like, they're, they're automatically going to go into, how can I debunk this? Then, right. you know, investigating it as a haunting. If that, like, the logic right. and is going to come in.
0: I think that's the reason why I looked it up, and, like, it did say there was stuff, but also it wasn't, like, a lot. So there's a lot of other... Haunted hospitals that are abandoned. There are sections of this one that are abandoned that have been researched, but not enough to, to definitely hold the claim. So it's still open, but um, I, what I learned from my research is uh, maybe don't go there. <laughs> maybe don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what I, what
1: I have learned is, um, yeah, don't go there. <laughs> don't i mean if you have to go you have to don't. go i mean always go to the hospital take mental health seriously but um if it's but the not 20s, that one. if it's the 20s and they want to um commit you to something still called an insane asylum i would run the other way and then if somebody mm-hmm. tries to pull out my teeth and tell me it's because that's what's causing my you know anxiety um, no, because the chocolate bar that I want to eat later is really going to help me more than you pulling out my teeth.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank you for coming to my DB square talk. I'm here all week. Thank you. Um, it's no, I'm like it. But so that's but, asylums, yeah. folks. Um, asylum. Antics. That's fun. I don't know if I'd call it fun, but I had a good time listening about it.
0: Yeah, um, I did too.
1: <laughs> we hope you guys did as well. Make sure you come back next week. Thank you so much for listening today. Check out our social media, Facebook, Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Love that you guys are reading. Love that everybody likes, loves, shares our posts on social media. I can't tell you how much that really helps. If you want some of our merch, it's super comfy. And you can get it at our website. There's a link on our website at deathbeforeboost.com. You can also join our Patreon if you're all caught up and need some more of sam and jen please jump onto our patreon we have lots of we have hours and hours of content over there for you to listen to also um mm-hmm. and that's it did i get everything i think i got everything yeah Yay! yeah all We're right all good. thanks
0: guys Yay. see you next week thank you Bye. stay spooky guys